I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today my guest is John Potts. John is a 1979 alumnus from Quincy University, uh, majoring in communications, and spent his career working at the Quincy Herald Wig. In today's episode, John is going to share with us his family's three-generation legacy here at Quincy University. John, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So your family legacy at QU actually begins with your mom. Why did your mom decide to attend QU? Well, my mom was probably what you would call uh, a non-traditional student today. She was an old, she was a mother of two at the time, and when my brother and I were in school all day, she decided to come back um, to get her education, and uh, that really worked out for her because um, you know one year. She was much older than the traditional students, and she won the uh, education department's top outstanding student, I believe, in 1970, which was voted on by the students as well as the faculty. So that was quite, you know, quite an honor that uh, a non-traditional student would receive that. And then she had a long career uh, working for the Quincy Public Schools and in numerous different different roles, but. Uh, you know, there were very a lot of memories of my brother and I coming over here. You know, she would be in class and my dad would be to pick her up and we'd be having soccer practice on the athletic field over here. So sure. we were kind of here anyway. And one particular memory that, you know, just still kind of blows me away is in the old music building, we would hear a guy playing a horn. And the guy was like, so much better than anybody else that even at a really young age, you could tell. And for that one semester that, that he was here, that was um, Jimmy Pankow who plays for the group Chicago for the last 50 years, you know, who a lot of people don't know went to QU for a semester before he transferred to DePaul and formed the group Chicago. He's one of the founding members, but anyway, you know, we can vividly remember that horn coming out of that music department when the um, when the windows were up. So I've always, you know, that's just something that's always kind of stuck, sure, stuck with you from um, you know my mom's time here. And so, what led to your decision to attend QU? Well, when I graduated from Quincy High School in 1975, um, I really wasn't sure, you know, what I was going to do. I was actually kind of looking at Michigan State University because they had a great communications program. Well, the Oakley family, um, who's pretty much synonymous with Quincy University, offered a scholarship in honor of um, their father and of one of the sons who was unfortunately tragically killed in a, a traffic wreck and who was a friend of mine at the, at the time. And so when the scholarship came out, I, you know, applied for it, and I had no, you know, preconceived ideas I would win it. It was just something, you know, I did, and it turned out I was selected as the winner. And so I spent four years here at QU, and the tuition at that time was twenty three hundred dollars a year, <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, a little different. Know, today. It was like, but you know, and I lived at home, you know, because I was also working part time at the Harold Wig, and back in those days, 
part-time meant you could work as many hours as they cared to pay you. There wasn't all these Mm -hmm. government regulations on how many hours and what. So, you know, I had the best both worlds. I was making a whole lot of money for a college student, but I, I I was at night and going to class during the day. So, you know, I thought it was, I thought this is great. You know, this is, (laughs) you know, this is a perfect situation. And, uh, so I I spent four years here and uh, graduated. Um, I my first two years I was a history major, and then after my sophomore year they put in the communications program. Um, so I switched over after that and was uh, another um, uh, another student and myself. I think were the first two to get degrees in the in the in that program. So what is it that you loved about QU? What I really loved about it was at the time uh, being a big sports fan and covering games, um, the success of the soccer team, which almost won the NAI National Tournament at that time almost every year, as well as the basketball uh, situation. Those were the two that I was – and in 1978, I got to go to uh, Huntsville, Alabama for the Harold Wig and got to cover that national championship team. So, uh, you know, those things were really stick out, being friends with, with some of the athletes and, and, uh, and, you know, from that part. It, being at home, being at home, not having to go away. Yeah. Uh, the small town atmosphere, you know, it was, it was big time, yet it, yet it was a small atmosphere, you know. So um, that was really, really enjoyable. And and then as far as the education, the liberal arts that I've got was just top of the line. I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, they, they really, in a lot of classes, really made you think. Uh, things that you might not have been interested in, uh, especially in regards to like philosophy or something like that, you know, your initial thoughts are like, Oh man, (laughs) I got to do that. I got to take that. But then once you got into it and you get in discussions, class discussions, you know, you really got made Mm -hmm. you think about things. So it was, I think it did what a liberal arts education is supposed to do. So you, you mentioned you were one of the first students to graduate out of our communications program. How did that program prepare you for your career? Well, it was actually kind of interesting because um, the people they had at the time, they just kind of said, or faculty I'm talking about, they just kind of said, we're going to have a communications program. And and quite frankly, at that time, a lot of them didn't, it was all new to them. You know, they didn't really quite know. I mean, they knew how to form you the basics, but some of the other stuff, a lot of times I, I would end up raising my hand and go, uh, I don't want to step on your toes here, but that's not exactly how it's done. And they would say, instead of saying, you know, well, shut up and know your place, why don't you tell us then how it's done? I go, okay, I will. And so I would walk them through how things were done. And so the professors even got, uh, you know, enlightened a little bit on things. Now, that was way back then. It's nothing like that now. I mean, these studios that you guys have here and that kind of training and all that, it's a far cry from the sure. first two two years. But it, but it was, uh, 
it was certainly inter- it was certainly interesting, you know. And then uh, I think back to some of the teachers that were there, and I know you know some of your listeners are probably familiar with them: Hugh Fitzgerald, and uh, of course uh, Dr. Tom Nevins, who was an absolute riot. I mean, he was he was the he was the funniest professor I've, I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he just absolutely made uh, speech classes, uh, things like that. I mean, you just he was one of those guys, you, you got to get signed up for his class first or else everybody else is, you know, going to do it. And uh, 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 C.J. Mason was also one of the um, – he was more towards, I think, the radio and broadcasting side of it. So, but uh, those are three I remember. I'm sure there's some others I'm, I'm overlooking. But they, were, they were kind of the pioneers for QU in that program. Well, let's take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with John, and we'll also talk about the third member of that family. I'm Matt Bergman, and you're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. We know that choosing where to take the next step is hard. At Quincy University, we help you design a personalized visit that answers your most pressing questions. Tour campus, visit one-on-one with expert faculty and staff, meet with coaches, enjoy lunch in our main dining room, and learn more about the value of a Quincy University education. Visit quincy.edu visit and start planning for your success at Quincy University today. Welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm Matt Bergman, and today we are chatting with John Potts. John is a 1979 QU alum, and we've talked a little bit about the family legacy with mom coming here. Um, And, of course, you're coming here and graduating in 79, and now there's yet a third member of the family that's here, and that is your your son, Troy. Uh, Did the fact that you and your mom came to QU influence Troy's decision to come here? Oh, I think it might have a little bit. I don't know. I think the bigger um, thing that factored in for him was he wants to be a college basketball coach. And he went to high school at Quincy Notre Dame. He was a member of the team. He wasn't a star player by any imagination. Um, But he wants to be a college basketball coach. And his knowledge of the game is, is, uh, is pretty good. And even though maybe what he might be lacking in the ability, he makes up in the brains. And so uh, I think Barty Bell, who was the coach then, you know, kind of recognized that. And he kept hinting around to me. He goes, he goes, John, I'm getting, I'm getting some money for athletic, you know, for a manager that, you know, next year. And, and I was just kind of like, oh, that's, that's nice, you know. And then I saw him a couple times, and every time he'd mention that, and I just kind of, oh, that's nice. Like, kind of like, why are you, why are you telling me this? And finally, one day, he just came out and said, "John, he goes, I got getting money for an athletic grant. I want Troy to come be my manager." And we were like, kind of, like, wow, you know that that was that was quite a, you know, quite a compliment, and um, so. Troy decided that's, you know, that's what he wanted to do. Well, in the meantime, between the end of that season and the start of the next season, Coach Bell decided to step down. So Ryan Hellenthal t- 
took over. Well, Ryan and his, his dad and I go way back. His dad was my freshman coach at, at Quincy Junior High. So I asked Ryan, to, you know, and Ryan said, yeah, the, the offer still stands. I want him. And so he's come here and been, uh, you know, more than a manager. He's almost been like, I think they've given him 50 different unofficial titles, <laughs> you know, because he does more than just a manager. And he's he's really enjoyed it here. He's learned a lot about the game of basketball. Uh, he hopes, you know, he wants to make a career out of that, which is, I told him, you know, you want to get hired or fired every three years. That's, a, you know, that's a, that's a rough go, but, you know, follow, follow your dreams. And uh, sure. so he's, he's really been involved in the basketball program and the athletic department. I think everybody knows, knows who he is and, you know, so that that's been kind of nice, and you know everything was going going well until you know obviously this year with you know parents and no fans, and you know that it's it's tough. Yeah. To uh, you know, so, and that may have changed by the time you know this airs, but you know as of right now, it's. What is uh, what is Troy's year right now, and what is he majoring? Well, in? he's majoring in uh, business management. Um, He's graduating in three years, so um, you know I, I'm very proud of the effort and the time management that he put in because, in some ways, the manager puts in more hours than the actual players do, and to be a 3.88 student, you know, in business on top of all that takes some real planning and dedication and 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 I so we're his mother and I are very proud of the way he's been able to handle all that well you've kind of already mentioned this a little bit obviously but your family shares a love of basketball mm-hmm. uh, how, how did that start well I mean the, the basketball uh, has always been since I you know I I remember coming to the the QU that was the QC holiday tournament I was ten years old in nineteen sixty seven. I remember I remember I saw saw a player named Henry Logan from Western Carolina. He scored like fifty two points against QU in one of those games. And uh, you know, some of the players that have come through that have played in that tournament and so I've always been a Hawks basketball fan. I've always been out here. Um in the mid nineties, especially um Two of my best friends that were in my wedding, um, Steve Hawkins and Mike Foster, were head coaches here over a, about a 10-year stretch. And so along with Tim Walsh, who was an assistant, um, you know, I'd go along with them to a lot of things. I was like the unofficial fourth assistant, you know, because if you saw three of us you, somewhere, you probably saw me. And so that, that love just kind of came. And then uh, we had, you know, as Troy was younger, I had to not come as much. But then once he got older, got into basketball himself, we would come to Coach Bell's camps and, and all. And now, you know, you see Troy actually as a counselor at these QU basketball camps. So it's a pretty neat they, it's been a lot, pretty much a lifelong journey, you know, as far as 
um, basketball at Memorial Gym. As a family, how special has it been to share that same alma mater across the three generations? I don't know that it's rare. I'm sure there's a lot of lot of that here because it's a you know it's a legacy school. So um, I don't know. It's just something we take a lot of a lot of pride in, and and we we're thankful for. And uh, uh, I think we've all benefited so well from you know, our, our ties and associations. So if you had to pick one favorite QU memories, whether it's sports related or education related, what, what would, uh, what, what do you, what would you say your favorite top QU memory is? Oh, I would have to say, I guess seeing my son that first time in, in Memorial gym, I, I, that was, uh, that was an emotional moment. Sure. I mean, uh, when I think back of all the time that I've spent here and then to see him, you know, cause I knew he was never going to be there as a player. That was, but to see him involved in the program to the degree that he is, uh, that that's pretty special. Absolutely. Well, definitely a strong family tie and, a legacy, um, and, and who knows, maybe down the road, Troy will have a, a son or a daughter that, that comes to QU, and we can make it four generations. Well, that, that would be uh, that would be good. that would be something, yeah. wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah, that that would be. And we'll have to do another episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, John, I thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. And be sure to tune in next time for another edition of From the Hawk's Nest, where we talk to faculty, staff, students, and alumni and friars and learn about their community journey. I'm Matt Bergman, and it's always a great day to be a Hawk. On behalf of Quincy University and QU Alumni Relations, thank you for listening to From the Hawk's Nest. If you like the show and want to know more, check out quincy.edu or leave us a review on iTunes.